It's beginning to look a lot like Easter, but everybody's forgot. You know, it's the same as Christmas. Like everyone just moves on. You know, when you after Christmas, you say uh, "Merry Christmas," and people are like, "Oh, Christmas was the twenty fifth. No, it's the whole season of Christmas, you goob. And it's the same as Easter. We've got this great season of Easter that is upon us. And so it's still a fantastic, it is here. It is here. Yes. fantastic opportunity Happy Easter, everyone. to greet people. Christ is risen. Happy Easter. Feliz Pascua. No, not Feliz Pascua. Yeah, no, Feliz it. Pascua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, like, have a blessed Easter to greet people with Easter joy. The season, because the season is still upon us. I'm still celebrating. Yeah. You're still celebrating. I am. Cadbury eggs every morning for me. I crack them, put them in the skillet. Because during, you know, during Lent, I eat real eggs. But during During the season of Easter. I sacrifice by eating real eggs. And then. Easter. And Easter, I just eat. Cadbury eggs. Yep. Yep. You know, that's, that's actually a question we're, uh, we're doing a little ask me anything. uh, But, you know, we're answering people's questions that they've. Today. Yes. Yes. We have questions about the mass. Well, you know, that question comes up every year of why do we dye Easter eggs? And I say. Because Easter bunnies poop eggs. And people are like, what? I was like, well, that's the only logical conclusion when you have a a bunny and an Easter egg in the same picture. The bunnies, <laughs> by conclusion, by just like simple deduction, one from the other. Especially I love hanging out with people who are not Christians, who have not lived in America, uh, have no connection with the, the culture of America. They ask some really hilarious questions around Christmas and Easter. And one of the questions... Why is Santa on the cross? <laughs> the, the question they ask is, why uh, why do people decorate eggs here in America? Oh. And, I, and I tell them, I said, it goes back to Mary Magdalene, the tradition of Mary Magdalene uh, on, that, on those days after the resurrection when Mary Magdalene goes to Pontius Pilate. We talked about this at one yeah, point. Yeah, you'll see Mary Magdalene holding an egg. Yes, yeah, in images, yeah. An iconography, she's holding a red egg because the story goes that as she goes to see Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate says, what do you want? And she's like, oh, the I'm- egg is always red. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He said, he said I'm, she says, I'm here to tell you about the resurrection, that Jesus, the Nazarene of Galilee, the prophet, has a Mary Magdalene from, from no, she's talking about Jesus. Oh, he's risen, and Pontius Pilate's like, uh, uh, I know he hasn't risen so much as he risen. Is this egg is red, and he like peels it, and the egg is red, and that's the that's the the story of um, Easter eggs. But that that's that has kept that tradition of decorating and dying, and even in the, even the Slavic Eastern world of painting the eggs very beautifully, like Poland, Ukraine, um, those Slavic countries. I always grew up with Easter eggs, like beautifully painted in our homes uh, during the Easter season. I give them away to people like here, like Christmas ornaments. Have an egg. Yeah, here I have a beautiful, and then, so what do we do? We we dye them, um, but now they're 45 cents an egg. A little pricey. Yeah. So that we have, we have uh, some parishioners who have chickens and give us eggs from oh, time I, to time. I know. I gobbled them up. Also tamales. 
Project Gloria. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. Okay. Well, okay. So, so, so that, we. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So that's the, that's that question that people had. So what's a throw one out? So we did uh, just recapping. We did uh, a long series. I don't know. We did ten episodes or so. It seemed like fifty through the mass. You oh, know yeah. what? From the very beginning, how to prepare for mass, all the way to like, what do you do after mass? And I think that was well received. We did that in. Um, I was going to say in honor of no, but just in in uh, to be part of uh, this Eucharistic revival uh-huh. yep. that the U.S. bishops have called for. So this is we're about to enter year two of the Eucharistic revival, which is um, is designated for for parish for parish life. And so here at St. Francis Xavier, we've we have a little committee formed that is going to be just generating ideas to help the parish as a whole. I'm not I'm not on it. I'm just you guys come up with ideas. Uh-huh. That's just a little a little side note. That's a that's a thing I'm doing now. Is not having to be in the middle of everything. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm trusting other people more, delegating more, and if and it feels good. Are you going to, is this going to go on throughout the season of Easter or since you gave it, since you gave up control during Lent, are you going to take it back? You're going to seize it. Hostile takeover. Lee Iacocca. Uh, (laughs) I'm just, it just feels good. I'm just, I'm doing, I am, I am really trying to, you know, during Lent, I prayed uh, the litany of humility, which was, which is super helpful. Google that and pray it. I hate it. You can pray it anytime you want, but it, it really was. That it was others may be me. praised and I unnoticed. Yeah, deliver me, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway, we have a little committee of uh, who's who's working through the Eucharistic revival and just making some recommendations for that the how the parish can live that out. One of them is we're gonna we're gonna increase our adoration hours um, by nineteen hours. Oh, it's kind of random, but. Uh, our goal is to go, you know, we start Wednesday morning and then we're going to go all the way through Friday midday. Yes. I'm, I'm raising my hand over okay. here. Yeah. What does this have to do with the question that was asked? Of- ah, oh, I was saying that we, we walk through the mass as part of to participate in the Eucharistic revival. Well, out of our series on the mass came some questions. Oh, go on. I love So this. we get emails, um, Instagram messages, um, very, from varying sources and, and, and people. Um, so would you like, can I ask you a few questions? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So these are, these are a little bit random. Oh, um, boy. Random. Why are some parts of the mass sung and others not? Oh, um, a hierarchy of solemnity. Okay. Yeah. So, so is that, is that the priest's, is that the priest's choice? Or? Uh, no, it's, a, it's in the, it's like, if you sing an opening prayer, you should be singing, or if you sing an opening song, these are also things you should sing. So the, the general instruction of the Roman Missal, which I do not have in front of me is, uh, oh, or, or I do, but I don't know where it is in there. Uh, it talks about p- parts that are dialogue parts. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Those are higher on the, oh. if those should be sung. Yeah. If they can, you know, if they can be sung. Um, so you'll notice one thing we've, we've started doing at St. Francis Xavier uh, for the, our Sunday, our Sunday morning masses. Liturgical tap we're dancing. Now, we're now singing oh. the introduction. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Yeah. Um, we've started singing that. And that that's kind of in response to like if we're gonna sing anything, the dialogue parts should be sung. Yep. 
Now, what we don't do, Father Healy and I need to talk about it because we want to be on the same page and not just, I do this and he does that. Um, we should really, we actually should do that at, at the end of Mass also. Okay. May Almighty God bless you, the Father. I, I, have, I don't know that I, I would need to like get that. So Father Healy, this is the deal. Father Healy is very talented musically. He plays, I think, Nine ten instruments. I I think it's up to sixteen. I think he's like learning instruments on a regular basis. I got no idea. I don't know what he does all day. Uh, I'm just kidding. He's awesome. Um, but he he's very gifted musically, so he can like read, you know, read music and like sing it, like right, you know, just instantly. Uh, and I can't. I I have to hear it, and then I can then I can do it anyway. So so what if a priest is not a good singer? Then he should get some singing lessons. (laughs) I mean. Some people are not even helped by singing lessons. Yep. yep. So it, yeah, it, it does. It kind, of, it kind of varies. Varies by parish. Varies by. But ultimately, there is a there is a hierarchy of things that should uh-huh. be sung. Okay, that's a good one. What's your next question? Why are some parts of the mass, like in Latin and Greek, like what what's like we because we mm. do here we we chant uh, that's a really Father John great question the Kyrie eleison like. So in the mass, you know, you come to mass and it's the English mass and then there's like Greek and then sometimes like we'll sing the Sanctus, you know, Sanctus, Sanctus. In Latin. Yeah. Um, why? I, I, yeah, I think those uh, like historically they have been in the liturgy and I know Father John Grant, our director of liturgy in the great diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma, uh, mentioned that it was the preservation of these things from um, different regions of the world. Uh, that, uh, especially yes. the Greek and the Latin empires, where the two lungs of the church are Greek, East, Latin, West. And so they are consistently there in the... We keep those in the mass, no matter the language. Yeah. As a way to kind of preserve, is that to preserve history? To yeah, I, I sort of maintain part, unity? Yeah, I, maybe, but I, I don't know. I actually don't have an answer to this. You, oh, right. You asked the wrong person. No, I think it's a Father we'll John Grant question. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can come back to that one. Okay, at the beginning of Mass, we have the penitential rite. So the priest says, brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. And then uh, there's, there, there should be a pause where the people can in fact, acknowledge their sins. Uh-huh. And then we do, we either do the confidior, uh-huh. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brother, or there's there's other options where you could say, you know, you were sent to heal the contrite of heart, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Um, and then there there's a, there's a prayer that the priest the ab- says. The ablution prayer. And the priest says, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Uh-huh. And the people say amen. And then if it's that time of year, we then sing the Gloria. Which sins are forgiven? So so the this person not asks, mortal. Not right, mortal. okay, so this is what we want to make clear. So this is where, where somebody asks, like, so if I participate in that part of the mass, like I don't need to go to confession? That's awesome. No. And that's, not, general not, and that's not true. Yes. General absolution. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah, general absolution only occurs in very particular situations. And even when you get general absolution, 
if you survive, you're called your yeah, general absolution is like your plane is going down or you're jumping. We're out going, of we're going into battle. Yep, and there's exactly. not time for sort of individual yep. confessions. Exactly. And so this is the, um, the, the uh, absolution prayer at the, at the end of the confidior is, is a, is a recognition that, you know, this great liturgy of Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity, the resurrected one, the crucified and resurrected one frees us from our sins. And so our venial sins are wiped away, but we also talk about, and not, but, and we also talk about like, when you go to confession, you should confess your venial sins too, so that those are, um, are made aware to the doctor of the sacrament of confession, the priest. Yes. So yeah, mort- mortal sin. So if you missed mass, missing mass, uh, of your own fault is, is a mortal sin. Um, if you had sex outside of marriage, if you, there's all lots of, there's lots of of mortal, mortal sins. Um, those sins are not, are not, are not forgiven at the, with the penitential right at the beginning of mass. That's right. That's correct. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. That, that uh, helps. I, 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 oh, you have a question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. Why was it necessary for the writer of Genesis to have two stories of creation? Oh, my. What? Is that, that's a question about the mass? No, this is not a question about the mass. This is just you're going, asking. You're going rogue. I, I know, but I, also you were going to go down this bunny trail of like the all two, about the mass. <laughs> and I was like, the two no. stories of creation. Hey, for Lent, I, for Lent, I asked God for two gifts. One, to stay off bunny trails, and two, to read souls. And so occasionally, I've been given that great gift. Um, You're reading my soul right now? Yeah, I'm reading your soul right now. And it, let me see, let me see, let me see. I wish I wasn't in this rectory with Father <laughs> Kara Wokulich ever again. Bishop, SOS, SOS, save me, <laughs> save my soul. Um, the, so the two stories of creation, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of debate over the centuries of like, of their historicity. Are they, you know, are they historically true? I think if you match them up, you, you know, you would see there, there are some problems in like how they line up just in the, in the order of creation. One, one has things being created in one order and one has them being created in a different order. Um, you know, so that then people ask like, well, are, is it true? Like, is the book of Genesis, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, um, like, is it, is it true? And we would say the, an- the, the answer is yes, it's true. But it, is, it, is, it, is it history? You know, is it historically true? And you'll meet lots of people who would say yes, um, that uh, the world was created like in six 24-hour periods, six days, you know. Catholics are not bound to believe that. Um, right. So, so we, we do believe in the truths that are contained in the two creation stories, that God created the world and everything in it. God created man and woman. Uh, man was not meant to be alone. Uh, that there was sin, that original sin yeah, entered true. the world. Um, what else is in there? That we were created good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. You know that that God created in the image created, of likeness of God. Created, that were created in the image of all of that is all of that is true, um, but you know, is it history? Did it happen like you know in exactly that way that Genesis chapter one and then the second creation story in Genesis chapter two laid out? Uh, we would say you could you can say no. I would say no that 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 did not happen. 
historically that way, but it's still true. It's trying to tell us something. Yeah, it's a uh, the like the little drummer boy when you go to a battlefield, uh, a mil- U.S. Civil War battlefield. There's like books on like artillery and cavalry movements. There's um, poems about it, and then there's like the little drummer boy and his lost puppy at Bloody Lane. <laughs> like, oh, this is oh, this is both like, cute oh, and sad all at the same time. So okay. anyway, that's my. The the, the, uh, the another que- another question is, you ready? Oh, you you have another question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Why why um why do why have women in history worn hats and veils? Like in oh. England, in England they have these you know hat boxes that you know people wear beautiful hats to to mass, and uh, gentlemen used to always wear hats to mass. And women um, wore, there were these veils that, and even today in the Eastern Catholic Church in Ukraine and the the Russian Orthodox Church, women wear, women wear silk veils um, as, uh, you know, uh, when they go into the church. Yeah. So you'll see, you're seeing that. I think we're seeing that more. Uh, I mean, I think we see that here. I think you see it at St. John's. There are more women and girls wearing uh, veil. So basically it's a, it's a piece of, of cloth, uh, usually a kind of a nice lace, something you can, you buy them. I like silk better. Um, silk. Silk. Um, and they're wearing as a, like a head covering. But then if you see like the, that, those same women, like they're not wearing it at coffee and donuts and they don't wear it, (laughs) you know, they're not wearing it at youth group. They're not wearing it in the parking lot. You'll often see them like putting it on and then enter then and then entering into the nave entering into um the the main church okay so um just uh, so first of all it's scriptural um uh, let me back it up it's not required okay right? great so and no woman or girl should feel that they have to or feel pressured to do it um i think some women cho- choose to do it as a sign of devotion in that it helps them i've heard women say like it helps it helps me to pray it helps me to focus. It helps okay. me to feel, um, one woman put it, you know, just like it, it makes them feel more feminine. Okay. Um, so anyway, it comes from, uh, first Corinthians chapter 11, verse seven, a man on the other hand should not cover his head because he is in the image and glory of God, but women is the glory of man. Um, this is from, there's this nice little uh, website. Let me, can I, let me just read this. The question is, why do Catholic women wear chapel veils at Mass? It says this, The veil is meant to be an external sign of a woman's interior desire to humble herself before God, truly present in the Blessed Sacrament. As women, we are symbols of the Church, the Bride of Christ, and the veil is meant to be a visible reminder of the perfect submission of the Church to the loving rule of Christ. Whoa. Yeah, because it is Revelation chapter 22. The, the, um, a bride is the symbol of the church. I mean, it says, I saw the heavenly Jerusalem looking like a bride. Yeah. And then this, this is actually really, really helpful. This is, this website is called the veils by Um, <laughs> then it, so one of the questions is, shouldn't I avoid drawing attention to myself at mass? And it said, we should never yes. seek to become, <laughs> yeah, we should never seek to become the object of others attention, especially at mass. However, um, our veils are meant to be a visual statement a public proclamation before the Lord that he is the Lord and that we love him and that we are ready to obey him. So anyway, that's a helpful little. (laughs) 
helpful little thing. And a uh, and a shameless plug for Lily's Veil Shop. Veilsbylily.com. <laughs> you can check you can check that out. Anyway, so that's so if you see that, that's what that's what that is. Not a, not a requirement, not something I think you or I like, you know, particularly push, but it also something that is beautiful and can be a beautiful way to help you to help you pray. Um what uh, what's the deal with priests bowing their heads at the name of Jesus and Mary? And, and then, Joseph. And, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And Joseph, too? The triple, the Is triple that true? Whole, yeah. And what was that, like 2000, that 2007? Um, there was that document that came out from Rome, and you had to bow your name at the, at the name of the Holy, Trin, uh, the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Is that true? Uh, I did. I'm about to. If that's true, I I need you better to. shape up. So so the so it's to, sort of a two part question of what's the deal with priests doing that, and then are the people supposed to do that, also? Yeah, at the at the name of Jesus, every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ is Lord, and it's the it is the whole it is the holy name of Jesus, and at the liturgy or whenever we we say His name. We we should give some reverence to it. I I said um, during a class one time when I was in college and undergrad in Virginia, I said Jesus, and this lady in my class said, "Don't call his name unless you need him." And I've always thought about that. It's <laughs> like I you know I probably used the Lord's name rather irreverently, um, and just used it out of like sort of frustration for something, and and I just remember her. Both correction and reminder that his name is the name that saves. That everybody has been waiting for yeah. the the Messiah Jesus to arrive, and so we should keep his name sacred. And so I've actually found that like I just started doing it just out of like reverence, just you know, very. My non- mom does it. Like if you were if you said, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go to mass. I'm going to go see Jesus." My my mom would like. Like you can't see me because we're on radio. Yeah, yeah. But like she does a little. She's always done it. It's 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 actually pretty inspiring. Yeah. Okay. Here's Marty and Peg in the house. Yeah. Marty. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All right. So this is a general instruction of the Roman Missal number two seventy five. Uh huh. A bow signifies reverence and honor showed to the person themselves or to the signs that represent them. There are two kinds of bow. Oh, I get. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, profound bow. It doesn't say that. Oh. It just says a bow of the head and a bow of the body. A bow of the body is at the altar. A That's bow a of the head is made. All right. So here, okay, here we go. This is what I thought. And so it's not Joseph. What? Unless there's some other. Joseph. A bow of the head is made when the three divine persons are named together. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And at the names of Jesus of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and of the saint in whose honor Mass is being celebrated. What? I thought it was Joseph. So, if, so yes, Joseph, if it's the solemnity of St. Joseph. Or if, uh, um, or if I just throw his name in there. I mean, I guess. I mean, his name is already in the in the Eucharist. And then prayer. a bow of the body, that is to say a profound bow. Oh, oh there it is. There I know it, it was somewhere. Is made to the altar during the prayers Munda Cormeum, cleanse my heart, and in spiritu humilitatis, with humble spirit, in the creed, at the words, et incarnatus 
est, and by the Holy Spirit became became man. No, no, and the Word became flesh. No, that and that's what does it say? The in the creed, yeah, and by the power of and by the Holy Spirit was born of the Virgin. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you said the Holy That's Spirit became path. flesh. And that is the pe- so I I think this is saying that the people should also do that. This doesn't make a distinction that yes, that at the name yep. of Jesus and Mary and the saint in whose honor mass is being celebrated I this seems to say that it is the like the priest and deacon but also the people. Yeah, exactly. So if the name of Jesus is spoken during the mass, everybody should give him a little nod. There should be a bow of the head, uh, or of Mary. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. And the then same. it says the same this kind is- of bow. This is a profound bow. Is made by the deacon when he asks for a blessing before the proclamation of the gospel. In addition, the priest bows slightly as he pronounces the words of the Lord at the consecration. Mm-hmm. Slightly, not slightly, not hitch at the. Uh, well, if you do a profound bow while you're at the altar, you'll hit your head. Yeah. So, so yes. So people, the people should be bowing their head at the name. So it says when the three divine persons are named together. So that's uh-huh. when we, like when we do the, the, uh, the glory be to the father and to the son and to the Holy spirit bow, um, at the name of Jesus, at the name of the blessed Virgin Mary and the saint in whose honor mass is being celebrated. Okay. I, I, I got I got I got a, I have a question, a hot topic. Hot. It, it was it was hot topic during the season of Lent, and it's this: holy water, no holy water, sand. Father, there's, why? To my knowledge, there's nothing that says holy water should ever be removed. No, only only on um, Good Friday, the stripping of the altar, the cleansing of it, all the water should be removed on Good Friday. Yeah. The, yeah. I think it's Good Even Friday or Holy Saturday? Saturday. I think it's Holy. Well, there's Good none. Saturday. Yeah, there's no water because there's no sacrament. There's no mass. Here's what Catholic Answers said: Emptying or covering holy water fonts during Lent is a modern innovation, not found in the Church's directives. Water is always kept in the holy water fonts until after Mass on Holy Thursday. There it is. When they are emptied of holy water and later refilled with the water blessed at the Easter vigil. Uh huh. I, Lent is a time when we need the spiritual benefits. Of I know. Water. I'm in a desert. I need some water, bro. I haven't seen that, though. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Of what? Of people? The, 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 the taking away of the... No, it's the, the it's the weird one was this year was like, somebody said, uh, Father, uh, I went to a church and there was sand in the holy water font. I was like, you mean there was no water? And they're like... Yeah, that's weird. I, and it, it, Okay, stop doing dumb stuff and inventing things, people. Okay? This this is not a time. It's like you need holy water during yeah. this journey. Yeah. This di- divine life, these sacraments. Yeah. The sacramentals. Yeah. You need to mark yourself with the sign of the cross and drive the enemy out. Okay. You got the um, others? Um. When, when do we? Pr- okay, so we come. We said we said at one point like you should come to mass with specific intentions. Uh huh. Like when, when are you this, reading this off a piece of paper? Yeah, this is from Mary Frost. When who? When do we pray in the mass with our mass intention? Like pray, you, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours. 
What do you, okay, say, so say that, say that again. Uh, so you come so, with, okay, I'm praying at this mass, I'm offering it for my friend who is in the hospital who is sick. Exactly. Okay, and, what, and you. And, what are we doing? You, right, you, at the presentation of the gifts, that's when you place your intention on the altar. You can like do that physically. Um, there's a mystic in South America that says, give it to your guardian angel to have your guardian angel place it on the altar. It's also during that, mo- that moment when we, the priest says, pray brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours. There it is. This is where you very nice. Bam, right there. So Mary Frost. Um, so what's that? You know what what, when is that in this? the mass? When is Mary, that in the mass? Mary Frost, one of my former parishioners, emailed yeah. you. Because she knows you won't answer. What? That is untrue. Mary Frost and her family are are now my parishioners. She, they live in California. There's no way she's a parishioner. The other family, her 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 parents. Yeah. Huh. Well, they don't live here. They're parishioners in Pawnee Valley. Well, they do. Dude. I know. Uh oh. Do they come here from time to time? Yeah, that's uh, that was another question, but we can do that. Should you cross your geographical parish boundaries to go to another place for mass? Oh, oh no! Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a tough one. That's a hot, hot topic. Um. <laughs> I'm glad Lent is over. I can go back. To I think weird that would actually bread. be, that would actually be a really good episode because I think, I mean, especially in cities when you've got, you know, you live in the middle of 10 parishes. Yep. Can you just drive by four of them to go to the one you like? Ooh. I mean, people do it. So it's not like, well, I don't know what difference we're going to make in that debate, but out here, you know, I mean, our parish boundaries here are Payne, Payne County, north of the Cimarron. All the way to I-35. And so the people who live, yeah. I mean, so technically speaking, people, we have people from Perry and we have people from Morrison. Yep. We have people, yeah, from Cushing, Pawnee. And God's country. Oklahoma City. America. Okarchi. <laughs> we have a couple that comes from Okarchi. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. Anyway, we hope that was helpful. Happy Easter, y'all. Have a blessed week. Peace.